as you know, and for those of you who don't, we are in a sermon series called The Great Series. Uh, And I'll just do a little recap for us. Our first week was looking at Joshua. Uh, Before he entered the promised land, God gave him uh, words of blessing uh, and words of encouragement, uh, telling Joshua that he would never leave him nor abandon him. Be strong and courageous. Trust in the Lord. He will never abandon you because he loves you. And then our second part was the great commandment. Uh, God loves you. God loves others. Respond by serving them whenever you can, however you can. And then last week we looked at the Great Commission and we thought about the concept that we all have a story to tell. We have good news to share. God loves us and you have a story to tell. So go and tell the world about Jesus. And then this week, we're going to be looking at the great community. And I'm going to uh, give you a spoiler now. I'm going to give you the summary right at the beginning. And the summary is this. Love each other as Jesus has loved us. And transform our community with Jesus' love. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. And uh, I warn you, in places it's strong but uh, I'm sure we'll get through it together. So let's dive into the text. Our passage is located at the Feast of the Passover. In the preceding passages, Jesus teaches his followers about serving others and illustrated this by unashamedly washing their feet. This was completely countercultural and controversial because washing the dirty feet of another person was considered degrading, unclean, and was the job of a lowly servant. Jesus completely turned the leadership model on his head. And he taught that the greatest among them was the one who was willing to serve. Jesus was showing the disciples what he was about to teach them with his new commandment, which is what we'll look at today. The author, John, then goes on to describe Judas' betrayal of Jesus at the supper table. And we'll think about the scripture today in two parts. First, the fourfold glorification, where Jesus talked about his glory. And then we'll talk about his new commandment. And that's where we're focusing today, the new commandment. So, the fourfold glorification. This corresponded to his impending death and resurrection. The glory of Jesus was demonstrated by his sacrifice on the cross. The greatest glory in life comes from sacrifice, especially in warfare or from people who give their lives, bringing healing and protection to others. Poems, songs and stories remember and honour such selfless bravery. In Jesus, God the Father was glorified because he was obedient even to the cross. Obedience to those whom we love is the most honouring thing we can express towards them. God the Father is glorified in the incarnation of the Son. God did not choose to be distant 
inaccessible or remote. In Jesus, we see God and touch him. More importantly, he sees us and he touches us. And he touches us with his love and his healing care. God was not unmoved by human suffering, but he entered into it. He died for our contribution to it by inflicting it on others and ourselves. The glory of God didn't end at the crucifixion of Jesus. There was more to come, and there still is. The resurrection, the ascension, and the final triumph of our Lord. And in that day, all will see the enthronement of our Lord Jesus, our King, as those crowns of thorns that pierced his head are replaced with a crown of glory. And so that's me trying to make some sense of what Jesus was telling the disciples about his impending crucifixion and glorification. It's always in light of his purpose, which was the cross. And so now we move into the new command. Some commentators describe it as the farewell command. As Jesus was getting closer to his journey to Golgotha, the place of the skull, Peter declared that he would follow Jesus and lay down his life for him. But this was a journey where no other disciple could follow. The cross was Jesus' destiny. It was the path he alone could tread. He would embrace the cross because he embraces the humanity whom he loves. He embraced the cross because he embraces, embraces you and embraces me. Jesus left his disciples with the new command, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Furthermore, he says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This part is the difficult part now, where I talk about some of the historic failures of the church to fulfill this command. This was hard to write. As the body of Christ the church, we have been historically divided and fragmented, and we have caused each other tremendous pain and suffering through violent persecution, prejudice, and abuses. We have put Christ as the head of empire and exploited the Bible to oppress, steal, kill, and impose language and culture on other nations. <clears throat> when we examine Christianity's history, it's difficult to argue that church history is not untainted. The church has been faithful in so many ways, so many wonderful ways to the teaching of Jesus. But we must be honest and admit that the church has not always been loving, compassionate, and kind. We have our work cut out. I think society sees a tarnished and damaged church. 
But society needs to see Jesus' people operating in the power of Jesus' love. What does it look like to love as Jesus loved? How do we do it? How can we love the way Jesus loved? I've broken it into four points. The first, Jesus loved his disciples selflessly. Selflessly. Human love is a powerful force, but even that has its limits. Even in the noblest of human love, where passionate concern is felt and expressed, the element of the self remains. The element of the ego is hard to escape. Often our good intentions to love are accompanied by the unconscious question, what will I get out of this? What benefits will I receive? Rather than our love being a gift freely given away with no expectations, it often becomes an exchange with the possibility of disappointment. Unfortunately, often we are more concerned with our own happiness or comfort. But Jesus is the antithesis of selfishness. His one desire was to give himself and all he had for those he loved. Loving others may mean we get nothing in return. But that's what Jesus is calling us to do. Love others with no expectations. Just love them the way he loves them. Our second point is sacrificial love. Jesus loved his disciples sacrificially. There was no limit on what love would require of him. There was no demand on Jesus that was too much, no price too high. If love meant the cross, Jesus was willing to go there, and he did. It is often incorrectly assumed that love will bring the giver of it happiness. Sometimes giving our love to others may bring us pain and demand a cross. You and I are the beneficiaries of a love letter written in blood on a wooden cross erected in Judea 2,000 years ago. And we have the most powerful love story to share. Our third point is understanding love. Jesus loved his disciples understandingly. He understood them and knew them intimately. He spent time with them and saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. He experienced their moods, their irritabilities, and weaknesses. Despite witnessing their flaws and failures, Jesus loved them. Love that is blind loves what it imagines people to be like, which leads to disillusionment. Whereas love that is real is open-eyed. It does not love people based on what it imagines them to be like. It loves them for who they really are. Jesus loved the disciples for who they were, and he loves us too for who we are. 
And he loves us because it's who he is and it's what he does. And our fourth and final point, Jesus loved his disciples forgivingly. Forgivingly. Jesus, sorry, Peter renounced Jesus and the disciples abandoned him when he needed them the most. The disciples were consistently insensitive, lacking understanding, and showed cowardice when Jesus had unjustly been seized for trial, sentencing, and punishment. Despite their inadequacies and their betrayals of him, Jesus held none of it against them. Despite their faults, negligence, and moral and spiritual weakness, Jesus forgave them. Remember on the cross, Jesus forgave those who were condemning and murdering him. Forgiveness is foundational to love. And Jesus challenges us to forgive those who have inflicted hurt upon us. To forgive past hurts may be overwhelming and incomprehensible to us. But Jesus will help us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' new commandment to love each other as we have been loved by him presents a new standard. We are carriers and givers of the love that Jesus holds in his heart for each human being made in God's image. The servant-hearted, selfless, sacrificial, understanding and forgiving love that Jesus demonstrated is the new order, the new way. And it's our objective that overflows and outpours from us and from all his followers. And that's what we've been called to respond to, to love others selflessly, sacrificially, understandingly, and forgivingly. We are part of an ancient and historic community, the great community, the church that Jesus established to fight against hatred and destruction and to bring people to him because he wants to share his love with them. We have been empowered by Jesus to treat people as he values them, which is entirely motivated by grace and not by human credentials or achievements. North Street Church, as we emerge from this awful pandemic, let's be encouraged because we have been called to build community together with the greatest gift anyone can receive, the gift of Jesus' love. And I know and I'm sure you know that the love of Jesus is transformative and it's irresistible. Let's transform our community with the love that Jesus has for us. Let's give it away freely and not hold on to it. Let's see this community transformed by sharing Jesus with those on the street, 
those in the town, those who are hurting and need healing. We can do it. We have all the tools we need. We have Jesus with us, working in us. We can do it through his strength. The world needs to hear our story. The world needs to receive Jesus' love. I summarize. Love each other as Jesus has loved us and transform our community with Jesus' love. Amen.